0: back. We'll be right back. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto broadcasting live on YouTube from Leander, Texas. It is 10:45 in the morning, March 12, 2022. This is my show. It used to be daily, but I uh, just—I don't do it daily anymore. But I do it a lot, and um, this is basically me documenting my crypto journey—good, bad, and ugly. It is what it is, and um, I have uh, explored pretty much all aspects of crypto and new aspects of it are developing every single day. And along that road and along that journey, I've joined DAOs, I've talked to people, I've gotten feedback on my videos, um, you know, some good criticism, some terrible criticism, it is what it is. And um, I've met some really cool people. And as you may have seen lately, if you've been following, you uh, might've seen some guests come on my show. And um, one of these guests I have with me here today, um, I speak nerd, and uh, I met I Speak Nerd in the Bankless DAO. And um, I've been a big part of the Bankless DAO since it started. Um, I've really enjoyed my time and and, uh, and the work that I've done there, um, the people that I've met there, um, it's, it's, it's an amazing place. And uh, I Speak Nerd has also come in, and he's uh, uh, I, I've, um, one of the contributors to the podcast Hatchery. And I Speak Nerd is also uh, working on developing his own show through the podcast hatchery and uh, he's also um done some episodes of his own podcasts revolving around crypto and gaming and uh, he seems to be well versed in the subject And i thought man this would be a really cool topic especially with a lot of the recent developments going on in the gaming space in the crypto world and the merging of them both and uh couldn't think of a better person to talk to then i speak nerd here so uh, welcome to the show i speak nerd is a uh, um do you want to give us a little synopsis and how you came to be here and how you came into crypto and all that good stuff
1: well how much time do we have
0: <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> take your time do what you got to do you know i'm with uh, you. i'm with you <laughs>
1: hey well thanks for having me on i appreciate it john uh yeah but yeah i, I fell down the crypto rabbit rabbit hole pff, uh maybe a year ago just over a year ago back in like february of 2021 um which feels like so much farther than a year ago um so much longer um but yeah just like i i'd heard about bitcoin a couple of times it come it popped up on my radar i think the first time i heard about bitcoin was in 2013 oh, yeah. um something like that and that of course yeah yeah bitcoin early and then of course yeah. just wrote it off it Was like oh people are just trading it on silk road okay whatever i don't need this um <laughs> but uh, a couple a couple more times and then finally uh, dug into it when um, a lot of people did when like it start when Tesla bought in and just like, Oh, okay. Te- like <laughs> this big company's buying into fine. I'll, I'll actually go read, actually go read the white paper this time and actually dig into it. And like um, <clears throat> spent many, many nights uh, staying up late, reading, reading things and trying to, trying to understand things. Cause I think with crypto is like too to give myself a baseline for how to understand things is like, I really had to build a foundation of just like topics and like, you know, cryptography um, and like, what's a private key, like, uh, Oh, public, public and private key pairs. And like, um, you know, the, some of the crypto economic systems, like what's a block reward, like what is blockchain, how does this work? And like, it's just a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff that's built, like we're we're what 12 years into this 13 years into this yeah. now um and so the the depth has been built up with this thing and i really started at the foundation trying to learn those things um in my on my nights and uh, in weekends reading up on stuff watching watching youtube um, coin bureau was really helpful um hmm. and then once i started Guy. trying to get once i started trying to get into defi yeah. um was uh finematics is a fantastic uh, youtube oh, yeah. channel yeah he's awesome uh, And then Mm -hmm. i've always been a gamer my whole life and i found a game in late may of 2021 um after the initial uh crash from whatever 64k or something bitcoin Mm -hmm. um that is this game coin hunt world where it's basically pokemon go but it allows it pays you in bitcoin and ethereum for playing Um, and that was that was something i really understood it's like okay like an obvious game here where there's like simple mechanics. I don't have to deal with trying to trade and like deal with the emotional stress of like, you know, the buying and buying and selling and like, oh, but you want to hold on to it, but you know it's gonna decrease. And like as a as a early early writer in the in the bull market, that was that was too much for me, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and so I, I went down the rabbit hole on that game and just became really involved in that community. Um and that got me started in looking into more more games and like play to earn games and found out about games like uh, Axie. I think I heard about bef- even before it really really took off uh, before AXS was released. And of course, I didn't buy in because I'm a doof. Um, <laughs> and so I missed I missed that pump. But the just learning about the Axie ecosystem and the way they kind of like built up their own internal economy with these, uh, game things, found out about a couple other looked into a couple other play to earn games as well. Um, and then just since then, in like December of last year, um, started, started my own podcast, um, started trying to figure out, uh, going down the rabbit hole on DAOs and, um, this whole thing like joined bankless DAO and got overwhelmed immediately, (laughs) (laughs) went away and tried to come back. Um, and it was just the, yeah, it's just been one rabbit hole after another rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole mm-hmm. um, with this stuff. But but because I spent that time building that initial foundation of knowledge um, in this space, is like it, it it's enabled me to kind of find these access points and see how everything kind of connects. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I don't, um, <clears throat> even if I'm not participating in a lot of this stuff, I feel like I have a really good like kind of basis for under being able to comprehend this stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a really long explanation. No, no, that's
0: good. You you covered a lot of good stuff. I'd like to unpack one part of that for you is that you learned all the foundations beforehand. You learned what is a blockchain? What is a consensus mechanism? What is the private keys and public keys? That seems to be like it used to be the necessary place to start learning about cryptocurrency. Used to be. Yeah. Not so much anymore. Um, what do you think has changed? I mean, a lot of people are now coming into games and uh, they're coming from the top down rather than the bottom up. Do you think that's bad or uh, you know, indifferent?
1: <laughs> um, what do you mean are coming in from top what, down? As far
0: as people not learn about the foundations of the blockchain, you know. we. Oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and now people are coming from the top down because they're coming in through things like games and NFTs. So, and then they don't know that the first thing about a blockchain. So before it seemed like such a nerdy thing to do to be in the blockchain. You're like, yeah, well, hold on. And it'd be like, what is this Bitcoin all about? Well, let me explain to you about consensus mechanisms. And let me explain to you about cryptography. No, it's not like that way anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, definitely. With the rise of the NFTs we saw in 20, uh, 2021, <clears throat> absolutely. It's like it's <clears throat> provided this new access point for a lot of people because <clears throat> I think with <clears throat> with crypto this well with anything you really need um to learn a new thing you need to be able to relate it to something you already understand mm-hmm. um and so the way crypto used to be back in like when ethereum was in, was created like when the white paper was written in like 2014 2015 it was like heavily tech based like you had to really understand the cryptography and some of the math to really uh be able to talk about these things um because it hadn't been built up to a level and things created within this uh tech stack that mm-hmm. um people could understand versus like NFTs now with we're seeing with for games like the obvious one for NFTs is like you know PFP art projects or digital art projects um but now we're starting to see like you know and the real power in NFTs is the community and being able to you know create that in in um in culture in your community and like being able Mm to you know gate um you know gate access to your to your community with these digital items um and so we see that with all kinds of um nft projects and like this desire to create like an in club people understand people understand buying art people understand buying collectibles people understand buying music um it's like and so it's And it's created this tech stack has grown far enough that we've opened up this hole up here at the top level that people can now access Mm -hmm. because it's they can relate it to this other stuff that they already understand, like, you know, collecting um, collecting NFTs, you know, is collecting Pokemon cards you know yeah. you're buying trading everyone each one has its own metadata its own like specifics of what it can do in whatever systems that you bring it into and like people people can understand that they can relate it to something they already uh they already know and they don't have to start from the bottom um with these things some people still do most don't yeah but um yeah it's definitely it's definitely interesting and like the and we also saw this so not only is blockchain gotten to that point but we've seen like other kinds of games also build up these same kind of like internal economy structures um Mm -hmm. as well like if for people who played world of warcraft um we saw the like almost professionalization of um world of warcraft players with like people who would get paid in wow gold to lead mm-hmm. raids and organize uh clans and so that's basically like you know kind of early DAOs, but within that game structure uh yeah only and maybe not DAOs because it's not really decentralized it was uh that's sort of decentralized anyway <laughs> um but it's this in, it's this alternative money that people were using because it wasn't dollars it was wow gold but you could sell your WoW gold for actual money that people would pay on, you know, some, some offsite. So you could earn inside of this game economy and then sell it somewhere else to use in the wider economy. And so it's this, again, it's the same kind of thing that you can do with crypto. It's like now you can work in crypto and earn, work in a DAO and get paid in like Ether or Bitcoin or, you know, the, the DAO token, whatever your choice is, you can get paid in that for doing work. And then you can take that and go trade it, you know, at a, at an exchange or whatever an off-ramp from crypto Mm -hmm. back into dollars so that you can deal with your real world and you can pay your landlord for rent and whatever pay for your coffee down the street like do all these things and you don't uh you can earn inside of this uh weird internal economy and then take it out to deal with the real world but you don't like in some places you don't even have to do that like Mm -hmm. um el salvador you can like pay everything in bitcoin now yeah uh, yeah because it's required. i heard
0: mexico is about to go bitcoin as well yeah so
1: we'll see and a lot it's of a countries big, are big considering big, it. it it's a wacky world man yeah
0: yeah i mean it, it, like a back to the first question you know a lot of people yet to explained to them the foundations and a lot of people joined crypto because they were super into the ideals of decentralization um and the philosophy behind it the libertarian ideology and then now it's 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 now that gaming has come into play, people don't seem to be aware of or even care about decentralization in a lot of places. And uh, I'm wondering how that may affect crypto gaming, you know, because <laughs> definitely- decentralization doesn't seem to be the top priority anymore for a lot of the, And when you especially when you look at chains like Solana and stuff like that. <clears throat>
1: Solana um polygons had some of this some of the same issues as well. It's a Ethereum side chain and like um BSC, like we're seeing all these kinds of things where they so Solana does have their own their own tech stack. They developed that like themselves with um doing all that. So props to them. But like BSC, they literally just forked Ethereum and then increased the yeah. block size and like decreased uh the number of validators and then boom, there's BSC. Mm-hmm. Um, Binance Smart Chain for uh, for the folks at home, but the yeah, um,
0: like for instance, Pancake it, Swap still has a bunch of Uni Swap um, uh, hyperlink extensions in there. They didn't even bother changing the names.
1: Just Control H, guys. Come on. <laughs> uh, the yeah, yeah. The the issue or the core issue, I think, for a lot of uh, blockchains as we move towards a more globalized adoption is. Um, the the blockchain trilemma is like, there's the three, the three things that people find that you have to, uh, that you really want. You want something that's scalable so it can deal with a lot of stuff. You need something that's super secure and you want something that's super decentralized uh, developing out of this core ethos for um, cryptocurrency. And so you have those three things, but in order to achieve any two of them, you tend to have to sacrifice one. Mm. So like with Binance, they wanted scalable so fast transactions they wanted uh, fast and cheap um, scalable what did I say secure um, Mm -hmm. and decentralized so they really got rid of decentralized and by decreasing the number of validators in order to speed it up and increase the block size so they got those two but it's not decentralized at all it's like I think there's like 10 11 yeah. validators yeah, and it's all like owned that. by
0: binance pretty much you know, so
1: yeah <laughs> it's, it's centralized <laughs> it's absolutely centralized um and ethereum is struggling right now with uh the scalable the scalability um because they're uh keeping to the original cryptocurrency ethos of being decentralized and secure so they're mm-hmm. holding on to those two and they're struggling to achieve the scalable part right now yeah just slow as hell s- slow and then uh it's expensive mm-hmm. it's expensive yeah. to transact on ethereum it's it's gotten much better in the last like month since the mm-hmm. last crash i think i paid like yeah. six bucks six yeah. bucks to uh purchase ens like two days ago um get it if you're going to be around an ethereum guys get an ens if you're planning yes. to stick around get an ens uh the ethereum name service that's the dot eth after your name guys uh but Yeah, it's for all of pretty much all of 2021 and for um, a big part of like January, February, there's this narrative around, oh, it's terrible because it's so expensive. And like, yes, that's true. um, But you have to realize it's expensive because so many people are using it. That's right. Yeah. It's not expensive because it was designed that way. It's expensive Mm -hmm. because the cost to use it depends on the demand. So the amount of people trying to use it. Uh, Yeah, because it's basically supply and demand for the gas price, which is variable if so if a lot of people are trying to use it, then it just to to get earlier into the line of your transactions, you have to spend more to jump ahead in the line. Mm. And so if you do, if you have enough people trying to do that, the gas price just shoots up. I mean, you would
0: you would think that Harmony and Avalanche and all these other blockchains would have the exact same issue once they started getting the same traffic that ethereum does and they wouldn't have the decentralization that ethereum has you know so you'd be paying just as much if they had the same traffic you know that, yeah and
1: that's that's a narrative that a lot of these uh a lot of these uh eth killers are coming along and in case you guys can't tell i'm definitely in the um like you know, 70 percent Ethereum maximalists from here. <laughs> um, if you can't tell from this conversation, but yeah, a lot of those uh, so-called ETH killers don't have anywhere near the same kind of volume of uh, transaction volume. So number of people, amount of people trying to use the network, and they would again struggle with the same kind of um, the same kind of issues that uh, Ethereum struggles with if they were dealing with the same amount of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some in a of the particularly innovative um tech out there like uh i'm really interested in seeing and keeping an eye on hedera uh, oh yeah
0: phantom which is the people's hedera (laughs)
1: um which is they have a hash graph technology so it's the whole thing about like you can have their pair they basically have sharding uh dag
0: technology is basically how i graph technology yeah yeah and Uh, phantom calls it lachesis yeah it's the same uh, thing yeah
1: um, but yeah, it's basically they've implemented sharding, which is on the, the Ethereum roadmap uh, after the merge now, where basically sharding allows uh, multiple, basically parts of the chain to run in multiple, like par- basically run in parallel. They're paralyze- parallelizing the mm-hmm. blockchain because pre- previously everything was a blockchain. It was in a line in one straight linear line but sharding allows multiple branches to be running at the same time and then they're all connected back together uh through math that i don't quite understand um, yeah. yeah but there's actually no i just i don't understand the math at all um but there's that that's on the roadmap for ethereum but there are other chains that currently have implementations of that already going like is like a hedera is one of them uh um, yeah. and so uh, I think Elrond uh, also yeah. has uh, sharding already. Um, so there, there, there's these cool, cool technologies that are in in the works, and like um, they just Ethereum is having to be very, very, very careful in making changes because it's because it has been such a success. It has built up so much. There, there's like billions and billions of dollars um, in in the Ethereum ecosystem economy like they have to be very very careful about any changes they make um because because there's so much at stake for them Mm -hmm. uh, with anything and like you guys you guys hear about you know smart contract hacks all the time and like we hear about all sorts of stuff going on in DeFi with economic economic attacks we'll just like imagine if the actual blockchain protocol had one of those things and suddenly everything within that blockchain is at risk as opposed to just you know one particular DeFi hack well now it's all of ethereum getting hacked it's like, oh! yeah. <laughs> um, so they're being very, very, very slow with making changes um, on all this stuff. But it it is in the works. They are working on stuff. Um, if you guys listen to a lot of the uh, the podcast, they have their researchers come on and talk. Uh, listen to uh, Unchained is a really great podcast for people who are just starting to get into get into stuff as well. It's uh, hosted by Laura Shin. Um, is she's a journalist, um, but does these you know. Pretty high-level overviews, um, in, or high-level interviews with um, different founders and uh, people in the space, and uh, mm-hmm. really, really great stuff. But um, yeah, getting sorry, getting back to the uh, the question <laughs> at hand, the uh, the blockchain trilemma of those three things: the scalability, security, and decentralization. And typically, up to this point, we've had to pick two of those three mm-hmm. things, um, and so Ethereum is struggling to work on the scalability part of things while maintaining decentralization and security, versus other chains have sacrificed uh, decentralization for the scalability and the security part. Um, and so that's why we've seen all these ETH killers rise up uh, and mm-hmm. you know become popular and have this you know seems like kind of overnight success in 2020 and 2021. Um, mm-hmm. BSC like oh my god that thing, BSC needs yeah. to needs to die. Uh, but <laughs> uh it's uh what is it binance scam chain is <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well, a lot of
0: these gaming companies are coming in and they're realizing how slow ethereum is but they need the security of it um so like Axie infinity for instance has developed its own chain called a ronin. ronin yeah to be able to operate on and do all these quick live transactions because whenever you're doing things like gaming and being in the meta- metaverse there are tons of transactions happening all the time and they have to be quick in order for it to operate properly and um, so this is where a lot of these these other chains come into play i would think Um, but they don't have the security yeah so um, like polygon relies on ethereum for security ronin relies on ethereum for security so that's what she called the layer two solution Um, so i guess that's the little uh, sacrifice you make um, but a lot of people, the gamers don't know this, um, they, they just, you know, starting to see the economy forming and, or, I mean, okay, I, I want to talk about, I guess a little bit about the hesitancy of gamers, the true gamers to adopt the crypto space and allow that into gaming. Like what's the big deal, you know, why don't they want that to happen?
1: It's a great question. Uh, yeah. I think Thank you, by the way, for trying to keep me on track with this because I'm going all <laughs> over the place here. Um, but yeah, we're, we're the we're seeing the people who are used to like PC gaming and console gaming. We're not seeing the same kind of adoption of uh, these blockchain games that um, like Axie Infinity, uh, as you as you said. And I think a lot of it is um, this kind of. I, I think a lot of it's ignorance and like, there's a lot of uh, stuff floating around about uh, crypto and like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's full of, it's full of scams and it's, it's, it's all going to zero and uh, it's only number go up. And like, there, there is, there are a lot of scams in crypto. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Um, I've been there, scammed. <laughs> there is people or there are people who are here only for number go up. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um it's po- a lot of these things are going to go to zero i think um like i think currently blockchain and maybe we've hit that point right now where it's like the original web one uh you know the dot com bubble that we had mm-hmm. in like 1998 uh whereas like everybody and their mama had uh was yeah. trying to make a website and people were throwing millions of dollars at like people to just make bullshit static websites with no um uh, with no like product uh mm-hmm. or market plan or business plan or anything like that and like so we are going to see a lot of blockchains fail i think yeah um, at some point very soon Mm -hmm. not very soon some point at some point in the future there will be a culling shall we say of the blockchains Mm -hmm. um as things die but uh for the ones that make it through that like think about what happened with amazon yeah it's like Amazon went on and is now one of the, like the biggest companies in the, uh, in the world. And what is it? Bezos? Bezos is, is the richest or second richest after Musk now? I don't know. All right. Anyway, he's pretty close. Yeah. There's more money than God. Is it really Um, really even
0: competition at that point?
1: And, um, I'm not saying that all blockchains are going to do that. That's not what's going to happen, but they're, uh, The growth and the adoption of Amazon, I think, is the real thing to be looking at here and like how much people uh, are going to be using it and finding the use for it once it becomes more adopted technology. And like Mm -hmm. this, people are always nervous around new technology. Like uh, it took whatever, two generations for the cars to become entrenched, Uh, Mm -hmm. two generations of people. Like the internet is like now the internet is like ubiquitous, but that's like, We've been through two generations of people like gen x uh gen y now we're into gen z uh for the mm-hmm. internet to become u- ubiquitous and it's like these ideas don't n- new ideas don't become adopted because people change their minds mm-hmm. most of for most of those people some people mm-hmm. do but most people don't new adopt new ideas become adopted because people grow up already familiar with those ideas yeah so again that's why I'm saying it takes two generations for any of these things to become you know ubiquitous and I th- I think we we will see blockchains become uh ubiquitous not not necessarily for everything but for uh for some things we are going to see them like definitely uh take the take the lead on these things and I think the web3 ownership economy is like it's it's unlocking so much uh so much cool stuff in the way individual creators can uh not have to rely on Patreon which mm. is taking like by the way, I just looked into Patreon like a week and a half ago. They take 8%, 8% off the top of everything. Wow. Yeah. Plus another like 2% and 10 cents on it to do processing fees on credit card payments. So you're literally losing like 10% just straight to Patreon right away mm-hmm. on everything that you donate, which is insane. Uh, and I think I think that's slightly cheaper than what PayPal was doing and uh, and all this stuff. So there's this kind of like almost there's this kind of race to the bottom, uh, for these individual companies, but the startup costs, it keeps competitors from joining that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're seeing, you can create the same kind of thing, uh, where this, this kind of you know membership uh exclusive community you can create that same kind of thing with blockchain with like mm-hmm. something like radical or an, creating your own nft project and then gating a discord using that nft with tools like Collabland or guild.xyz mm-hmm. and it's this code-based stuff that's uh not these subscription models where yeah. it's a one-time cost up front which is actually better for the creator because then you don't have your you don't have your income spread out over you know 12 months where you get a hundred dollars. It's like, no, you just sell an NFT and you get a hundred dollars up front. (gasps) And so it's, it gives so much more flexibility to creators uh in the uh, in the ownership economy and yeah
0: and then the consumer or the person becoming the member does not have to give over all their information and all they got to do is just buy an nft with their with their crypto wallet no information given over you just need
1: your address you just need a wallet yeah yeah uh you don't have to give out your email so there's no honey pots of information created in centralized locations so your info your email is not going to get stolen from uh you know I don't know who's got who's gotten hacked. Fucking everybody, Target or Home Depot or whatever, um, so that that information can't be stolen from these And We like oh, mm-hmm. it's, oh. Um, <laughs> but but all that inf- all that stuff, the benefits of it um, are lost kind of in the in the general discourse around crypto right now. Uh, yeah, in terms of the way the media reports on it, again, is just like what do people see in the media? People see number go up, number go down. They see the hacks. uh, They get talked Mm about. Um, And it's just sometimes there's this like cringy, like
0: sketch, just slimy factor about some people in crypto treating it kind of like an mlm you know pyramid scheme <laughs> they're just kind of like hey you want to join my crypto project you know you're just like oh, yeah, get yeah, away from me crypto. yeah yeah exactly um, you know like having some kind of weird tupperware party <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and then there's also the environmental concerns is uh, mm-hmm. a big thing because i think a, lo- a lot of people especially uh young people who have seen you know the dist- who are seeing the destruction of the environment and i just saw a news article recently is like the amazon is like really close to an inflection point of becoming a desert um supposedly based on some research that i don't know mm-hmm. i just i just read the headline to be honest uh but <laughs> um but at least you're pe- honest about it <clears throat> people people are seeing this and i mean we're feeling the effects of whoa, we're seeing the effects of global climate change already like I mean, there's like all sorts. Even there's we're seeing insane like snowstorms and like crazy cold fronts in places. Uh, we're seeing like crazy uh, heat in other uh, in other places or at different times of the year. So we are seeing global climate change happening from you know human activity and the use of fossil fuels. And we are seeing that, and that is a concern. That is absolutely um, something that is happening and is an issue. And so with blockchains that are proof of work. Um, like Bitcoin, Ethereum is currently still proof of work. Um, those things take up a lot of energy and like, it's it's a debate. There's, there are, you know, people who are more on the apologist side of things and say, oh, you know, like, yeah, Bitcoin takes up a lot of energy. Um, but a whole lot of a lot of that comes from renewable energy and like how much energy is used in the whole global financial system. And like, yes. There is a whole lot of energy tied up in that and keeping the lights on at banks and running all the individual computers and mainframes and servers and uh, for our global financial system. But in the meantime, we're creating this alternate thing that is also using up a ton of energy. And it's intentionally using up a ton of energy because that's its security. It's like proof of work. That's the mm-hmm. work that comes into this is the energy use. And uh, in the US, we are seeing really, really cool innovative ways of using uh, or reusing energy or using clean energy um, in the U.S., but in a lot of other places in the world, like Kazakhstan, um, like uh, Russia is a big one. We're seeing a lot of use of, again, increased use in fossil fuels to uh, mine Bitcoin. And like people are burning coal like crazy Um in kazakhstan particularly right now with the outflow from china uh because of the mm-hmm. china banned uh banned everything officially and shut down all the shut down all their crypto stuff uh all their crypto servers and a lot of people left china what six months ago June. a lot of them came to texas <laughs> a lot of them came to texas yeah yeah um but a lot of them also went to kazakhstan yeah. and those other areas that are you know closer uh mm-hmm. and we've seen an increase in the use of fossil fuels for those things. So. Um, it's the proof of work uses a lot of energy for this. And that energy use is, um, tied to climate change in people's minds. Um, and they don't see the, they don't see the benefits of these things right now. Again, because the benefits that uh, we've mentioned already, aren't really part of the typical media narrative. Um, so it's all just bad news, bad news, bad news about this stuff. Um, and so gamers are concerned minute minimum concerned maximum like fucking hate uh
0: yeah.
1: blockchain for for these reasons and um
0: the nfts are going to destroy the environment
1: <laughs> hey man nfts destroyed the environment can't, I've you, heard just it. right- can't you just right click save man what's up with yeah. nfts you can just save it what's going on well, i don't get it yeah it just
0: yeah and then other people are like you know shut up and put on your oculus and forget about the outside world
1: <laughs> yep um <laughs> and so, there. There's there's those environmental concerns is is big for gamers, uh, along with a lot of the stuff, and haven't seen the benefits of these. And a lot of the blockchain games are rudimentary is not the right word, but they're not. They develop they've developed in a different way. They're they're a, blockchain games are a lot more about like creating an internal economy for these things which if you're not used to doing that if you're just used to playing you know call of duty and you buy your game and you buy your console and then you just play your game you shoot kill people whatever and that's it that's all your interactions with it then that's not this that's not the experience you get with blockchain games now um like with blockchain games you're a much more involved. In, if if you want to get ahead in these things, you need to be much more involved in like you know buying buying and selling of whatever these assets are. Um, you're going to be buying and selling whatever the in-game currency is. Um, you're going to be paying real close attention to everything that's happening with the game development. Um, you need to be learning about blockchain uh, so that you can understand you know the side chain Ronin side chain for Axie versus transacting on Ethereum mainnet. Because why? Well, because it's like 50 times cheaper, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you can't afford to be doing that stuff on mainnet. Uh, and we have seen a lot of uh, a lot of these games that become really big, or rather, they become really big once they. Imp- or they are allowed to grow larger once they have implemented some sort of layer two solution which mm-hmm. again a lot of these things still depend on ethereum because nfts originally came out on ethereum that was a, a th- well yeah. the idea of nfts was before ethereum but the first like you know real use of the of the tech uh was on the ethereum uh ethereum mainnet and so, we've seen sidechains. we talked about Ronin, but there's also like Immutable X um, is yeah. used by I think Gods Unchained um, and a bunch of others for again these like NFT game ecosystems. Um, Polygon,
0: Arkware too. Yeah.
1: Arkware, uh, Starknet um, is developing stuff. Like we're we're seeing a lot of this stuff develop on Layer Twos in order to bring the price down on these things because again, gamers gamers want that. Well, gamers don't want that necessarily the decentralized part. Gamers don't want that yeah. decentralized. Right. Gamers want, you know, secure. You don't want your stuff to get stolen and mm-hmm. you want your transactions to go through and they want it yeah. to be done fast.
0: Yeah, they don't care uh, about the ideals of decentralization. Mm-mm.
1: I mean a lot of times the
0: gamers, they yeah, you know, they're they're already You know, playing these amazing games with these amazing economies already there, lightning speeds, doing really cool things. These super intricate, complex in-game economies, and then suddenly comes along these crypto gamers. You know, just kind of outsiders building some clunky, you know, architecture with all their
1: pixelated, pixelated profile pictures. What you call this art? What is this? What what is this (laughs) crap? I could do this. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, it's understandable why gamers who don't necessarily care about or understand the decentralization aspect would suddenly, you know, yeah, want to adopt that. And then on top of that too, gamers, you know, they they, they get home from work or whatever they're doing and they, they come into this space and, you know, they just don't want to mess with, it, you know, all these lofty ideals. They want to play
1: their damn game, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's, well it's hard to care about something you don't understand yeah yeah um so there's that ignorance factor in these things and and like you said there's no real motivating factor to understand the decentralization from uh from the gamer for or for the gamers currently there's no real incentive for them to learn about this stuff besides yeah. like oh it's interesting or you want to move into doing other things in the space yeah um, like cool story bra? you
0: know <laughs> and then they just <laughs>
1: um yeah, and like you said, it's like people, people, you know, work, do do whatever their thing is. Um, that's you know is soul crushing, and they hate their life, and they just want to escape into some world. Um, and it's it's a lot to think about these things, like these big lofty ideals of decentralization and the understanding the tech. It's 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 confusing. It's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, stuff you got to understand, and that's a lot of brain power. It's a lot of work to understand that. And why would I want to do that? I just want to play my game and shut yeah. off the world for a second. Like I just want to escape, man. I don't yeah. want to think
0: although once the game is over and they've beat the game or whatever they're doing and they have all this, like, you know, let's say $10,000 worth of crap, you know, skins and weapons and, you know, land and how, what are they going to do with it?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, um, and that's the thing with like NFT games is like, it's an NFT. It's a non fungible token. You Actually own it. If, if, uh, you have that and you can take that, that skin gun, sure. You know character whatever item of land you can actually uh export it from that game take it with you because it's tied to your wallet address it's not tied to your account at you know at uh, ubisoft or whatever Mm -hmm. um it's attached to your wallet address 0x573 whatever ab whatever like long ass hexadecimal number um and so you can take that with you and because it's NFT, uh, these NFTs have standards, there's token standards, there's uh, ERC-721, um, and then there's ERC-1155, is these token standards, when I say token standard, you can think of it like like USB, okay, universal serial bus, um, damn it, okay, a USB cable. Is that, is that showing up there a USB cable is standard it's a standardized thing that you you know basically every device except for fucking apple because fucking apple yeah. um has USB ports because it's a standardized thing I mean it's universal serial bus um but it's it's taken a while for that standard to become a thing and if you've been in tech for a while you used to remember like firewire and like oh, yeah uh S-video. serial ports and parallel <laughs> parallel ports and yeah. uh all this stuff um but it's a standardized thing that you can kind of expect to find a, a usable connection to a computer anywhere. A computer, it's, it'd be, it's very weird for a computer not to have USB ports mm-hmm. um, at this point <clears throat> because it's a standard. And that's the same thing with these uh, NFT tokens. They're written to these standards so that they are interoperable. Was sorry. That's the point I was trying to get at here. You yeah. can take, you can take your NFT and go to a different game with it, and it'll still. Um it's still able to work in that other game system because these things are interoperable, which isn't to say like, which isn't to say your gun might do different things. Your gun might do different things or might not be usable as a gun. If you take it from a shooter game and take it to something like Decentraland, you might not be able to actually shoot people and kill people with that, but maybe your character can still carry around uh, that thing. Or you could
0: just liquidate it to Ethereum and then just be able to have that cash, you know? take it with you um
1: with it, leave it <laughs> yeah you can take it with you and because you own it uh you, you can sell it at some point in the future and yep. sell it not just um not just within the game but you can sell that onto the direct marketplace uh the yep. outsider outside world and so you basically get a instead of trading it for Instead of trading your wow, your super awesome legendary plus eighteen sword of truth from WoW, instead of selling it for wow gold inside of WoW, you yeah. take it out into someplace like OpenSea or some other NFT marketplace and you can sell it for Ethereum yeah, instead. Yeah. Or sell then it. Anybody for wanting to coins. go
0: play World of Warcraft can immediately buy that before they even go to the game and be like, Hey, you really want this sword if you're gonna go play that game. Here, I'm gonna sell it to you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and this is something with um, Coin Hunt World, actually, the uh, that game that really got me deeper into this stuff is, uh, it's still not live, it's still not live, but it's been, we've been promised that the players will be able to export um, the characters and the items that you create mm. inside of Coin Hunt World, you'll be able to export okay. those as NFTs to some NFT marketplace and do exactly what you're talking about. If I sell those, to the outside world, I am cashing out. So I'm yeah. getting rid of my item for cash, but that's allowing somebody from the outside world to buy in yeah. at the same time. Exactly, and it redefines the entire
0: um, idea of what a job is. You know, it, it, it gamifies jobs and gamifies work to where you can get paid to go in there and basically advance levels and farm and uh, all these, these items and the gold and, you know, whatever. And then you can take that out your, your harvest and put it on the marketplace and you can earn a living that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
0: it's nuts to think about. I remember, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or a long time ago, I first heard about the concept of somebody fishing in world of Warcraft and being able to make money off of selling that fish to other people and and or building up characters and selling them on eBay and the gray market and everything like that. So this is not a new concept. People were already doing this before. How was it done back then?
1: Um, well, like you just said, is like the world of Warcraft, I think, is probably the biggest example of this um, mm-hmm. where people could like you said, fish uh, and sell for in-game currency or sell on, as you said, the gray market, meaning, okay, as opposed to a black market, which is explicitly not allowed, a gray market is more of like, it's not official. It's not approved, but they kind of just ignore it. It's Mm -hmm. uh, the officials kind of ignore it and let it happen for whatever reason. Um, It, because it makes more people play your game. That's why they ignore it. or it's uh, if you were to shut it down it disincentivizes people playing your game um, but yeah it people could sell usually for a discount um on whatever that item's worth um and uh, oh my god john i think your video is going out what Not oh my your, video? your video went weird on me oh sorry yeah no, all now. good on You're my bad. end um the uh economy so they they took those things and instead of selling it inside of the game marketplace for wow gold they would sell it on you know this gray market external site for uh dollars usually dollars i would assume um but usually at a discount in other words if i'm selling say i'm selling again this plus 18 sort of truth uh it's worth i don't know a thousand gold in world of warcraft i could sell that to somebody in world of warcraft for this in-game currency or I could sell it on this external marketplace for, uh, dollars. However, mm-hmm. that dollars is worth, um, you know, I guess less or more depending. I'm not sure actually, I guess it depends on how many people want to buy into the game at the time. Uh, and it's but also based on
0: complex, some- you have to get some people that are just on the same level that you are in order to find those buyers. And it's just, it's a, it's a whole, it's a pain in the ass basically. And the NFTs open it up to a wider audience. And make it legal.
1: <laughs> make it legal. Make it standardized. Um, you can mm-hmm. program in from the creator side of things. You can program in a resale cost or a resale mm, yeah. um, percentage. So if uh, so that every time that item gets sold on the secondary market or tertiary market, then ten percent or fifteen percent or whatever of the sale price goes to the creator of the NFT. So you get an ongoing revenue stream that way as a creator um in addition to that which is so cool by the way because before if we think about just think about art like think about uh how much the mona lisa costs it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know some number millions of dollars um but if that were to be sold who does that money go to well it goes to the person who owns the mona lisa before right exclusively um well what if 10 percent of that sale cost went instead to leonardo da vinci now he's dead but the estate of leonardo da vinci exactly yeah. uh, and so that would provide that ongoing revenue stream every time that item gets sold in secondary because with these items getting s- sold and resold it's like typically the the big the blue chip ones are going to keep going up in price um with things like uh for thinking profile pictures things like board ape yacht club um, mm-hmm. the, mutant, the mutant apes cool cats nfts uh crypto coven um, yeah. a lot of these things are just whoosh, going up and so every time there's a resale he's just more and more money going back to the creators uh of those things which is so fucking cool <laughs> um so sorry we're getting i'm getting off topic the original question remind me what your question was <sighs> i don't know we've gone right. pretty
0: far, but i mean i don't know i want to get on to another point too is a um, play to earn I, I saw a statistic that or a projection that it's going to be $268 billion by 2025. Trying to figure out where this money is coming from and who is it going to be paid to. Um, And then, you know, companies own these, these, these crypto games and they want to do it for a profit. Um, Are there any truly open source games and where would that money come from and go to? So I'm trying to figure out this whole circulation of money and how, you know, who would get paid from this $268 billion projected in this industry?
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned circles, because uh, I would also say, yeah, it's, it's a circular economy. Um, yeah. A lot of these funds. So with these with these internal economies, the internal internal currency for these economies, um. Let's think about Axie for a second. Let's use Axie for an example. I think it's the most successful, it's definitely the most successful of these NFT projects. But their internal currency is SLP. Uh, yeah. small love potion, I think is what it stands for.
0: Yeah, I thought it was smooth uh, love potion or small. Love, I mean, I think it used I've to be smooth, it. but they changed yeah. the name.
1: Um yeah. But it's it's some token that you earn from playing the game for winning fights in Axie, basically. Yeah. Um so, wh- why would anyone buy this currency? Why is this currency worth anything then? Well, it's because you need to use it, you burn, you destroy that currency in order to make new axes. So people are buying that currency to breed their axes. Well, why are they doing that? Well, they're trying to sell their axes to mostly not the internal players because the internal players are trying to. You know improve their axie games they want to only buy certain kinds of axes yeah Um, but so who are they selling them to well most of the time they're selling them to the outside people trying to come into this internal economy Okay um, so it does function a bit like that multi-level marketing uh that you described there where people yeah. are having to buy into this economy uh, by purchasing these nfts, which is not cheap by the way at all like no supply,
0: no it? it's cost you what to, a thousand dollars or more just to buy the three axes necessary to start the game
1: more than that more than that really? to get wow. to get a team of starter axes each one's probably around like 0.3 eth or something like that now. oh wow I, th- I think at least that's yeah, what it was it's about last bucks. And you need three of them. Yeah. So it's 0.9 ETH, which at current price would be like Hmm. 2250, 2200 dollars to start in Axie Infinity. Wow. Um, and but this is thinking in dollar terms. So here's the thing too with this. That's thinking in dollars. What if you're someone who just had, who had ETH before, who had a bunch of ETH because you've been around since 2017 or 2016? Um, so you've got a nice bag of uh, of ETH, and it just it costs you one ETH to buy a team of axes that you started with in, um, and you bought that ETH for you know four, forty bucks like mm. four years ago or something. So it's it's this. Um, It's an internal economy, but it's based on this currency that we're still thinking about in dollar terms, but thinking about it in dollar terms doesn't necessarily make the most sense. It's better to think about the Axie economy in terms of ETH rather than thinking about it in terms of dollars, which is why a lot of the times, again, to... You see like the Axie Genesis lots um, sold for some ungodly amount of dollars. Like f- I think it was like $40 million, $125 million for a plot of Genesis land in the Axie universe or something like that. Wow. But again, like divide divide 40 million by uh, $4,000 at the time. So uh-huh. it's, I don't know, it's still a lot of money, but it's not as much as you'd think. So I'm doing forty million divided by 4000 is 10000 eth. <clears throat> okay. Which which is a lot of eth. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of eth, but yeah. if you bought that eth a long time ago when it was a lot cheaper, then it's it the cost it makes a lot makes more sense. Mhm. Um, so we're seeing these internal economies inside of internal economies basically building up here because yeah. we have the general eth uh, ecosystem and economy there, the like, general crypto economy, and then we have the game in co- economy inside of that, uh, which makes more sense to reference this larger crypto ecosystem than to reference the even larger real-world dollar system. So That was one of my
0: uh, weirdest things when I first got into crypto is the, the whole inception idea of, you know, because dollars to me was safe, you know, wow. the, you, know, you got to change into, you know, a stable coin or buy You know Ethereum, and even from there, you go a level deeper. You know, you buy with Ethereum other cryptocurrencies. So it's scary for a new person to jump in, but I think whenever there's a game there, and they see that they can actually use it, it's not as scary. Yeah,
1: and like that startup cost Mm -hmm. is, like I said, is massive. Is like whatever, almost an ETH to start, which in dollar terms is like you know over two thousand dollars to start playing Axie. which is why there's now um, basically it that's high startup cost to basically jumpstart that internal economy at Axie uh, and allow people to earn an actual livable real world income level, not in the not in the US, but in you mm-hmm. know developing countries like Philip the, the, the Play to Earn and Axie is massive in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Brazil is uh, is really big in play to earn as well, but these um, these st- high startup costs has allowed um, third parties to basically insert themselves as intermediaries into this economy, which again is interesting because now we basically have banks inside of these game economies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking, like Yield Guild Games is one of them. Uh, Human DAO is another, yeah. where they basically have these scholarship programs, where for a thirty percent cut of your profits, they'll basically lend you the the NFTs to get started in these internal okay. economies.
0: It's like taxi companies giving the taxi the the car to the taxi driver, and then that they- is
1: the best analogy I've heard for this. Yeah. That is the best analogy. Absolutely. Cause it's the, for taxis, you have to buy the taxi medallion or registration yeah. or whatever, which is some ungodly amount of money for mm-hmm. an individual. So they have to, you know, exactly. They rent it out from the taxi company, yeah, okay. which has the capital to do it. Yeah, exactly. So that's part of the, another part of the reason why some people who have looked at this stuff are uh, against these kind of models is um, you are you um, Basically becoming this kind of uh, grind, grind slave to yeah. these yeah. Uh, these systems. Um, if you've and if you've bought in, once you reach your return on investment, which I actually don't know how long it takes to get to one ETH earned inside of the Axie economy. So that would be your, you know, that gets you back to where you started, and then everything yeah. after that is profit, <laughs> minus your real world costs and time and all that stuff. So I don't actually know those numbers. I haven't uh, looked at that recently. Um, but if you're doing it with a 30% cut, it's going to take you a lot longer to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: But I mean, it gets people started who wouldn't have the means. So it's kind of, I mean, it's capitalism at its finest in a a weird sort of way. I mean, that's pretty much pure capitalism.
1: That is capitalism. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And, and so again, that's part of the reason why people some people don't like these and it's like oh well you know you're just becoming the the new the new proletariat in these new economies yeah. um with oh the promise of you can become a uh a bourgeoisie yeah. um a capital owner sorry this is uh getting back to marxist uh marxist ideas here guys <laughs> uh, and the- I, I
0: love going to these meta levels on my show so don't worry you're all good you're in a safe place with that i mean yeah
1: (laughs) but um the so so that's why some people don't like these and but if the return if the time to return on investment is low enough if it it is a livable thing that you can earn back quickly which last (laughs) summer you could do this real quick with Axie. um then it drives a lot of people to start, which again continues the cycle of bringing more people in because like everything in these free market economies, it's supply and demand. So if you can just drive up the demand side, (laughs) your prices. And if the
0: people that own these NFTs for for lease start taking too much of the cut, then nobody's going to want to participate in the economy, you know? And so there's a constant push and a pull between that.
1: And that's part of the thing with, um, the, part of the thing with these things is a whole bunch, a whole bunch of stuff in crypto is trying to achieve balance through free markets uh, and free market capitalism, which we don't have in the U S by the way, like we say, we're like, Oh, we're the land of the free and the home of the (laughs) and all this stuff. But our our market system is not at all like free market capitalism, not at all. There's so much protectionism that goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, and regu- regulations uh, change mm-hmm. free markets uh, again cuz you okay uh, farming farm like the U- in the US economy farming is insane it actually happens guys they mm-hmm. there's uh, dairy subsidies so they pay for uh, people who produce milk these farmers to not produce milk mm-hmm. because if they produced more if they increase the supply the price would fall um for this milk so to make up the cost the government pays subsidies to these people uh so that they produce less which keeps the price of milk up um above this floor but then you also can't have it above a certain level so it's this constant like adjustment from the from the the top on how to uh how to do these things the whole freaking ethanol economy guys the whole freaking eth like putting ethanol in your fuel i don't know if you okay I don't know if you guys have actually read the labels. Whoa. I don't know if you guys have actually read the labels on your like on the gas stations. Like almost all of them say contains up to 10% ethanol. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck is there ethanol in our gasoline? It's your engine's not meant to do that. It's Mm -hmm. less like it's less efficient for your engine to burn that. It's like why is there ethanol in your gas? Well, because the corn industry has gotten a ton of subsidies from the government to produce corn, well, then Mm -hmm. there's a fuckload of corn. What do they do with it? Well, they make corn syrup to put in all of our fucking food. Um, They make, they feed it to the cows, which cows aren't meant to eat corn. Mm -hmm. Like they get, like, it's not good for them. They're meant to eat grass uh, and it's different. And then that's a whole, that's a whole separate thing. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then they ha- they make fuel out of it. They make ethanol. Uh, well, why do we need that? Cars don't run on ethanol. Well, then they put it as an additive into our gas, to basically you know, in you're you're thinning you're diluting the gas by adding ethanol to it. Hmm. And it de- obviously there is energy in the ethanol yeah. and it does burn and combust the same way. But your engine's not meant to do that. Like, it's a well, it's a whole uh, fucking thing. Don't get me started. Yeah, I see
0: wh- what your point was though is you're. Were- you were saying that you know there's no free market. Thank you for bringing me back. Capitalism. Thank you for bringing me back. Yeah, and there's this constant flux back and forth between free market and and regulations, and there's you know a need for both. I think
1: that's that's where I was trying to go with that. Sorry. So my point here, my point here, was that the U.S. is not free market. Um, there's these price points that are set by the government. There's taxes that are added on, and all this stuff. And I'm not against taxation. I'm not against you know adding to public goods when they're used uh, for those things my point here is that a lot of the stuff in crypto is like no taxes uh, in these economies. There's nothing, no taxes built into these economies. Um, And there's no like set prices for anything that is set by a central authority because everything's decentralized. So -hmm. what you end up with is this floating price point for everything that's balanced between supply and demand. And if one of them goes up, price changes, but then, that incentivizes the supply to come back up which brings prices back down and so we get this crazy volatility in crypto from these things the price swings so much because it's a free market balanced on supply and demand yeah. and so we see these crazy fluctuations in crypto which is how an actual free market economy works
0: <laughs> yeah right? and you see a lot of uh, e- experimental examples and extreme examples of it in the gaming economy you know and, and that's that's one of the cool things about DAOs and crypto is it does allow you to experiment with a lot of different things without killing everybody <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, man, well, we are in an hour. Uh, I don't know how quickly, how I can't believe we we've, we've been talking for an hour. It doesn't feel like it, but um, yeah, I I normally don't let these shows go past forty minutes, but we just have. There's so much to talk about. Um, I would love this is for you to an interesting be, conversation, come, man. Yeah, it is. I'd love for you to come back on at some point and us to have us continue this conversation. But for to to keep this as you know maybe a part one or something, I guess we can kind of you know
1: put a pin in it here. So we, um, we don't make someone watch a five-hour YouTube video? Yeah. That's probably yeah.
0: <laughs> We're not Bankless HQ. <laughs> not that I hate Bankless HQ. I love Bankless HQ. I listen to it on my daily commute.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing about their stuff. With, um, with anything, any content that you're producing on the internet, you have to balance things here. Well, what do you have to balance? It's not supply and demand you're balancing. You're balancing <laughs> the value proposition for your content with the amount of effort and time it takes to engage with that content. Yeah. so for a show like bankless they have a very high value proposition they're a well-known name in the space people mm-hmm. they have good content there they people know it's going to be good they can basically charge more for your yeah. time they can require you to put in more time to engage with their content because you know the value proposition is higher
0: yeah yeah it's a good way to put it but me not so much
1: <laughs> not yet not yet
0: yeah all right, man. Um, so how can people get a hold of you? And um, what what type of things do you like to talk about with people?
1: Oh, man. Um, I talk about all sorts of stuff, crypto, but you can reach me on Twitter is at I speak underscore nerd, um, spelled the same way as it's on the screen, just put an underscore in the middle of it. Um, you can find me on Twitter talking about uh, gaming and DAOs and crypto and um, all sorts of stuff. We actually have, uh, I'm part of Actually, I'm part of three organizations that are have Gitcoin grants up right now, by the way, guys, um, which means that anything that you choose to donate, if you like this stuff, you can support um, three of the projects. WGMI is a community of community managers looking to help people um, develop more of their communities in the space and learn how to learn the strategies, tools, and tactics of doing community management in Web3. We've got the QBDAO, which is from this, again, CoinHunt World game and basically trying to uh create a create wikis for Qubies, the game con- cubie Qubies, cubie okay. underscore okay. Dao. um creating uh wikis of game content and explaining this uh the game content to the wider world and then also educating the people who play those games on this crypto stuff and creating content for that and then I'm also part of Bankless Academy which is uh, part of uh, or an initiative out of Bankless um Bankless DAO and is looking to create a gamified on-ramp for people in learning into crypto and gamifying this whole uh this whole you know tech stack of learning in crypto uh gamify that give people badges for learning stuff um and make it a fun game game system for learning so check it out appreciate it you can uh, find that stuff from my twitter as well
0: well thanks a lot i speak nerd for coming on and uh i definitely want to come back and do a part two of this episode um, of, of this topic as well and you're the perfect person to do it so once again thanks a lot and we'll see you in the Dow. Peace
1: out folks, stay safe out there.
0: Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you wanna hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version, Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter, at EurekaJohn1, that's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to EurekaJohn.Crypto or EurekaJohn.Eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up, and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again we